Ja. Är du beredd? Min kropp är rädd. Inte jag själv. Vänta ett ögonblick. Så säger ni alla. Men jag lämnar inga uppskott. Du spelar i schack, inte sant? Hur vet du det? Ja. Jag har sett det på målningar och hört i visorna. Ja, jag är verkligen en ganska skicklig schackspelare. Du kan ändå inte vara skickligare än jag. Varför vill du spela schack nu? Det är min sak. Det har du rätt i. Max von Sydow stars as the knight who returns from the crusades to find his homeland ravaged by death and the plague. He takes... And so, two years ago, on March 13th, 2020, this wasn't the 2020 I don't think anyone was anticipating. I think people were anticipating a Barbara Walters 2020 that didn't happen. Why? Coronavirus. Those are clips from shows and movies that we watched. From Tiger King to Knives Out, I watched The Breakfast Club and The Seventh Seal. I had rented The Seventh Seal that week because I was going to do a show on Max von Sydow who had recently died. And strangely enough, I watched The Seventh Seal on March 13th, 2020. And that movie is about the plague. (laughs) Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. A lot changed in an instant in 2020. I remember even a year afterwards recalling the last time I saw a movie in the theater up until the pandemic it was 1917 the last concert I went to which was Tool in Fresno the last time I saw this person or that person the last time we went anywhere without wearing a mask and at the beginning No one was really sure about wearing a mask or not. And I do remember at the beginning of the year, I went to the doctor's office and even the doctor was wearing a mask. That tells you something. And here we are, two years later. Some things have changed. Some things have stayed the same. Uh, Many people prefer to stay home now. I'm going to be honest with you. I worked from home for, geez, from March until May. And it got a little hairy because then it's like, well, what do you do? You work and then you take lunch in the kitchen. And then uh, you go to sleep. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Because I no longer work for the teaching company. I would wake up, clock in. I'm not kidding you and go back to sleep and then I would wake up when they would text me because they wanted to have a meeting a zoom meeting yeah it was 2020 two years ago 
I remember the last time I went to the gym because it was around this time. And now I just do it outside and I have the weights. Eventually I'll go back. I mean, unless I come across some money and build my own gym. That's always, I've always wanted to just have a home where I build my own gym. You know, first I got to get the home though. So yeah. A lot change, but I'll, I'll tell you, I think those of us who were surrounded by family, it brought us all closer. And then those who were alone, it brought us all closer to social media. And it was two years ago that I got to go live with, um, there's a really great actress who, Lisa Rifle, who, Rifle, who was more sitting her husband. I got to go live with her because they were going live and she was doing karaoke. And then this was the time two years ago that George Strombolopoulos, who is amazing, um, started his live sessions and we all became part of the LNC. In fact, I have a patch made by Meg. Thank you, Meg. Uh, called the LNC, Strombo's LNC 666. I, I have it and I proudly display it every chance I get. But these were crazy uncertain times. There was almost a sense of adventure because you didn't know what was going to happen. It was scary, but it was interesting at the same time. And I remember at the time I was dealing with some health stuff and I was trying to get healthy and I had some nerve pain and I went to a dispensary to buy some uh, some CBD lotion and nobody was wearing masks yet nobody was nobody I remember my friend and I whom I haven't seen geez on almost a year we went to her aunt's funeral nobody was wearing masks yet and then everything changed everything totally changed and then at that point, you you couldn't leave the house unless you had a mask. I remember gloves. I'd go and get gas, and, you, and you'd wear the gloves, and you wash the hands for 20 seconds. But I think everyone's been always doing that. I know I have, but I, I can't speak for everyone else. It was, a, it was a very... It was scary, but at the same time, it was like, whoa. First of all, you saved on gas because you really didn't go anywhere. And those who had to travel... The highways were literally almost deserted. Towns, I mean, people people ordered from Amazon. People ordered from takeout. It just didn't go anywhere. And then you had people who were naysayers and said it wasn't real. And so a lot, a, a lot changed in those moments. But as a podcaster, oh my goodness, I remember because that was around the time I was celebrating, was it two years of doing the show? And this Friday, it will be four years since I started the Dr. Zeus podcast, because that's originally what was it, it was called. And then, it, and then I renamed it the Dr. Zeus film podcast because I wanted to talk more about media rather than just talk about things that were going on with me personally, my likes and dislikes. And then I got to, you know, a, a friend was talking about networking. I got to network more because there's a lot of podcasters out there. I know everyone's got a podcast. Even the old lady down the street probably has a podcast. If my cat could do it, she would have a podcast. I started this podcast really because I, I wanted to find something not just a hobby but some a creative outlet you know I would write poetry and I would do other things but then it was like when I would send it out there into the ether I wouldn't hear back and when I started doing this podcast I would hear back I would hear reactions I would hear what people really thought of it and like always, you have haters. I had haters. I probably still do. 
And um, I had people who would make fun of this show behind my back. And that's fine. I know there's people that still do that. And I don't care. I don't care. And they have their own little creation company now. Isn't that talk about fucking transparent and kind of stupid. But you know, we can all be drinkers now, can we? I know I'm not. Huh. That's the other thing in 2020 is reevaluating health. It was two years ago that I started doing my steps. I started counting my steps. And if I didn't do 10,000 to 15 or 20,000 steps a day, I felt the day was wasted. And I'm about to come up on two years because the app shows it. And that and that the that was the other thing is not giving a shit about what others, including my naysayers of the show, thought of me. Because I could give a flying fuck about them. In fact, I don't really think of them now. I don't even really remember their names. You know, I mean, yeah. And and then, you know, I I never was much of a drinker. I was told by the doctor just just don't drink anymore. I was like, okay, that's good. And the haters that I have, they all love to drink. And look at them. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. And th- and I can judge them for that because they love to judge everyone else. They do. And I'm so thankful they're no longer in my life. I really am. Things are things have gotten better. Think, but things haven't gotten better for everyone. But what what did really bring things through is we watched movies with our families and our friends. And then slowly but surely, concerts came back. Celebrations came back. We slowly but surely came out of our houses. And re you know, we embraced some people, but I, you know, there were some people I cut out. I cut out. And like I said earlier, I'm better off for it and better off for it. And I always urge people to do that. If there is toxicity in those that you're around, cut them out. Just do it. Even if you have a small circle of people, which I do, cut them out. Because if they're not happy, they'll never be happy. What I learned, here's what I learned post-pandemic. Well, actually, we're still in the throes of it. Here's what I learned post-March 13th, 2020. 2020. How to manage my money better. Oh, yes. Who to cut out. And to always go to the movies at night. During the day, stay active. Don't get married to Netflix. I knew a lot of people during the pandemic who put on pounds. They got married to Netflix. They stayed in their pajamas the entire time. I just couldn't do that. I remember just watching television and watching movies. The Breakfast Club. Tiger King. Oh my god. Tiger King was madness. And I remember just binging it and watching it. It was it was madness. There was a lot going on. Award shows were now Zoom conferences. Zoom became everyone's middle name at that point. If you had to do a meeting, you either did it over Zoom or you did it over FaceTime. Most of the job interviews I had were either over FaceTime or over the phone or over Zoom. They were not in person because that that just wasn't going on. People, people were scared and rightfully so. People were on edge and rightfully so. And then at the same time, there was someone in charge who, who just didn't they wanted the wheels to fall off. They wanted us to fail. And we got them out of there. Things aren't necessarily better. There's a war going on between Ukraine and, and Russia. Or Russia and, U- and Ukraine. There's um, Zelensky who has emerged as a, a hero. 
who used to be a comedian. There's there's a lot going on. So these are, are still times of uncertainty. But at the same time, it's also a time to... Oh, and, and the whole woke thing. I can't believe we're canceling certain people. And I disagree with What's-His-Face for saying that The Hangover was the last good comedy. You obviously haven't watched some great movies lately. Because all you do is talk about DMT. That's all you do. You know, aside from... Well, no, the bald head. Him and Putin have a lot in common. That's what I'll say. A lot of stupidity. Just running their... Diarrhea of the mouth. You know, March 13th, 2020. And I remember it was Friday the 13th. And here it is Sunday. Two years later. It was it was a wild time. It was a wild time. There were people that I got to see later on uh, as things, you know, there were no there was no vaccine out yet. There was uncertainty, there was if you got it what happens. There were people that I know who eventually died of it. There were people I knew who also questioned, who didn't believe in it and died. Um, may they rest in peace. And like I said, I'm doing this because, I mean, there were things I actually did. I, I usually didn't do. I did live um, videos where I did karaoke and I read books. And then I would do the podcast. The podcast was always a constant and I remember when I did the two-year anniversary one, I did like a whole bunch of episodes in one day just to celebrate those two years. And then I think I did something last year for the third year. So four years of doing this. I started this podcast when Succession just started, and I wasn't even watching it yet. Okay. I remember, and you know, at one point I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to try to watch Three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Because I remember I even did a podcast about how I hated that movie. Because I called it Three Fucking Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. I am I, a big fan of Francis McDormand. But that film, it was just like, okay, what am I watching here? And I think it took four years for me to, okay, I got to revisit it. And so being able to do this medium for you and to connect, to connect with my audience. But during the pandemic, there was, there was, there was, uh, it was urgency and there was just an essential to, oh, the, and also the term essentials. Okay. And, um, essential workers. I remember the, the place that I used to be employed by. They were going to do emergency babysitting. And I thought, uh-uh, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And then having to get a hold of HR. And then having to get a hold of the doctor. And saying, this is why. And, and getting a doctor's note. And then them questioning me about it. Because I didn't want to do the things that they... They weren't even sure. They were not even sure. It, it was a shitstorm. And so that's why I had all this great music and films and television to just kind of gravitate towards. We got to visit with family. I remember we would go see my grandfather who was alive at the time. He died in 2020. And when we would go see him, because he was in his 90s. or No, he was 90. He had not turned 91 yet. We would go see him and we would have to sit a certain length away and all wear masks mainly because of his age. Some people probably laughed at that and some people thought we were stupid, but we we did it because that's what you do. That's what you do. Um kids did uh you know the um it wasn't even homeschooling. They did um distance learning. Distance learning it became just Oh God, it became madness. And I saw what it did to people. I saw what it did to people in my family. And then about a year ago, I worked briefly for uh, an organization and I really enjoyed it. It just was the commute and there was other things going on. And that's why I kind of left. But they would do distance learning in the morning. 
everyone's masked up and we're doing distance learning and then in the afternoon they would have lunch and then we would go have fun we'd go outside it was not business as usual and there was still that urgency that uncertainty and people taking things seriously and I always come across people who doubted all of this and the conspiracy theory that it wasn't real and that it was bullshit. Well, a lot of people have died. What's I mean, I don't I don't see where it's a conspiracy theory. The whole QAnon bullshit. It's like whatever. I think my the conspiracy theories, as I've said, they're fun little campfire stories. Believe them if you want. I find them hard to believe, and here's why. I come from a long line of people who just don't beat around the bush. They just tell you straight forward. Both of my grandmothers told me straight forward. My grandfathers, my father, my mother... And then I have a lot of military people in my family, a lot of veterans. And whenever I would bring up a conspiracy theory that I had a question about, they would just say, you know, that's bullshit. You know, that's bullshit. So even this, the whole conspiracy theories surrounding COVID and surrounding this and that. And often my my sense of reason to all of this and to the madness is that I am the child of a microbiologist and so whenever people would throw that conspiracy bullshit on me I would say well he told me we started out as viruses and then we mutated and when when you talk about science with people then they get they get hysterical you know some people believe religion over science that's fine I respect that but that's not how I was raised I was raised that evolution existed whether your church believed in it or not evolution happened the birds and the dinosaurs are the the dinosaurs became the birds that is still a controversial topic because people believe that the stork brought us here and that an old man lives in the sky and that's fine and 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 I'm not dissing it that's just that's just not what I believe in you know uh and then you know he's that um question is God a man is God a woman God has no sex omnipotent whatever 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 yeah but when it came to this virus there were times I would have to go deaf when people would get political, okay? Even now, even now with the, the thing that's going on, don't say gay in Florida. And I had to talk to a friend about that. And I said, look, the schools have never been prepared for that. And at the same time, you know, in the LGBTQ, we usually know when... Here's the thing with that. You, you kind of usually know when you're really little. I know that people don't believe that. They think that it's kind of... And, and right there, a conspiracy theory probably too. When you're about four or five years old, you kind of know you're a little different. You're kind of like, oh. You know, I've said this before and it's, and it's funny to laugh at now. I remember I went to go get a picture taken and the lady said to me... I was maybe five or six and she said smile say I like girls and I'm thinking I really don't I like to chase them but okay okay and I've talked to friends about that throughout the decades so this whole politicizing everything from the virus to the LGBTQ and yeah, it's funny. It's but it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous at the same time. And I, I'm not gonna get political. Because this is a film podcast. I talk about music, I talk about film, I talk about art. I've talked about how my, my professor and friend saw Salvador Dali on a boat 
coming back from Europe. Those are the things that I like to talk about. Okay. Uh, if if we want to talk about politics, then sign me up for a political science class, and we'll and we'll, and we'll discuss it because I did get it. I got a B in political science. It, it was a work. I think my attendance was what you know, and I and I understood that. Um, we watched a lot of great TV during this pandemic. We also, you know, I, I I tried to just dive into things that I haven't I hadn't watched in a while, and then I and then we discovered also that Henry Cavill wasn't just the Man of Steel. Netflix is The Witcher. I started watching that. And then I started to hear HBO was coming out with an origin story of a character that my grandparents used to watch and that my parents would watch. And that was Perry Mason. Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, Susan Downey, constructed this this origin story of Perry Mason. Raymond Burr originally played Perry Mason in the original series. He even did the specials. It was an iconic show. And it still is today. People still watch Perry Mason in reruns. And I remember hearing about this and when I first watched it, I couldn't believe what I was watching. You had Matthew Reese playing Perry Mason. You had John Lithgow as uh, LB, or his, you know, the man that he looked up to. This is this is just a, a taste of the first season of Perry Mason. Matters require discretion and finesse. That's the kind of thing you're good at. Wear your good suit. This is my good suit. You're a detective, Mr. Mason. It's a fancy word for a busy body, but yes. It's very easy for you. And that's HBO's Perry Mason. It premiered in July of 2020. So people were working from home. You had essential workers because things had to stay running. You couldn't just shut down. Okay. You couldn't just say, oh, we can't. Power plants got to shut down. No, then we don't have power. Uh, So you had essential workers. People who were police officers, people, the nurses and the doctors right there. Very essential, even now. And I I give them much respect. I have nurses in my family, and they really. But this, I want to get to this. I, I didn't want him on my show, but this is a historical moment that happened two years ago. I was at work when it went down. I will never forget it. President Trump but declaring a national emergency just a little while ago. The dr- drastic move frees up by some $50 billion in federal funding. It speaks to the gravity of this moment. After weeks of criticism, the president is promising to ramp up the government response to the health and economic crisis, vowing to make 
more testing available and revealing he will probably get tested himself. The coronavirus taking a greater toll on the U.S. by the hour, with the number of deaths now up to 48, more than 2,100 confirmed cases here in the United States. Millions of Americans now cut off from life. And, and that is Wolf Blitzer on CNN and how March 13th, that, that, was, that was a national day of... Uh, that was a national emergency. It's a, it will be in the history books. Um, yeah. I'll read it because I didn't want him to read it. Friday 13th, 2020. The President of the United States declared a national emergency concerning the novel coronavirus disease outbreak. People were told to stay home and stay in place. Okay. And so it was a it was a very interesting time. Okay. When this all went down, I was at work. And the one thing that came to mind was an old Stephen King novel. But even Stephen King said that it wasn't as bad as his novel because that really was disastrous. This sounds like city, but I feel fine to this morning. Are you sure, Sally, my baby? You okay? Phone rescue services in Braintree now. Hurry up, go on. My wife and my baby are sick. They need help. Tell my wife and my baby are sick. They need help. You made it halfway across the country. How do you do that? Isn't that crazy? Is that a novel that was written in the 1970s? People were people people started getting freaked out. But I remember thinking that when I was at work, I couldn't wait to get off work. In fact, that was the last time we all worked without the mask in 2020. After that, we had to stay home. I remember we would do things interactively. If someone had to go to the site, I would wear a mask the entire time. They didn't. Not all the time. And I can say that with amenity because they can't touch me now. can't touch me. So, yeah. You know, I tried to do the right thing. Or not try it. I did. I did. It was a crazy time. It was a crazy time that it was two years ago. But at the same time, it was if the world stopped it stopped for just those moments and I got to immerse myself this day two years ago in Igmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal and I remember watching it and not and, and not sure I liked it at first it wasn't so much that it was in Swedish and the subject matter then I started to have dreams about the look and the feel of it. Death with Umbon Sidow's knight ends up playing an iconic game of chess. Adapted and developed from Bergman's play Wood Painting, which was performed on public radio in 1954, the seventh seal takes its title from the Book of Revelations and approaches head-on the so-called silence of God. Following a lengthy writing and rewriting process, the film itself was shot in a hurry, around 35 days, on a shoestring budget. Like The Wicker Man, its iconic closing shots of the dance macabre were an end-of-the-day smash-and-grab affair, including a couple of tourists who happened to be on hand to make up the numbers and who apparently had no idea what the film was about. Today, there can hardly be a moviegoer who doesn't know what The Seventh Seal is about. Having been parodied in everything from Woody Allen's Love and Death to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, The Last Action Hero and Monty Python's Meaning of Life, 
The film has passed into popular cultural parlance, an instantly recognizable shorthand for metaphysical film art. I first saw The Seventh Seal on a revival at the Hampstead Everyman in the early 70s and concluded immediately that it was one of the best films I'd ever seen. Interestingly, its star, Max von Sydow, went on to play the title role in what is actually the greatest film ever made, The Exorcist. Okay, so you may disagree with me on that last point, but on the merits of The Seventh Seal, audiences and critics alike have long been united. And it's BFI player, and that is Mark Kermode, Kermode uh, who is a film man and film reviewer talking about Igmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. That was a film that I watched on Friday the 13th, 2020. The day of the national emergency to stay home and distance. And the world was revolving world people were dying and I mean it was it was madness and, and we you couldn't you couldn't turn on the TV without hearing about it it was in the news everyone was and even the TV shows Saturday Night Live became a zoom meeting um, award shows became big zoom meetings and it, it just became a time of people didn't touch anymore and at the same time, it reminded myself and many others of Demolition Man. And, you know, the three seashells to not being able to touch um, Demolition Man. Um, to, and, and also diseases. I mean, uh, the craziness of what was going on. And um, I, I just remember people talking about that. It was like, well, have we entered? Uh, oh, here it is. This is this is perfect. This is this is the video. Basically, life after COVID. Sir, I formally convey my presence. We are not used to physical contact greetings. Sure, I'm sorry. I don't know what you guys want, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of water paper back in the <laughs> the toilet paper, buying things in bulk, ordering things, having them delivered. I mean, because it's like, where we, you're not going to go to Walmart. I know people did. And long lines and people wearing handkerchiefs and scarves and masks and, you know, wiping everything down, Clorox, spraying the money. I mean, it just became. It was a crazy time. We, we are continuing to live through it. 
now everyone's well not everyone they're you know you get the jab I guess some people still have a problem putting needles in their arms when it comes to getting uh, you know you go to the doctor and that's what you do when the doctor says to you oh, you need to get the flu shot okay I'll give it to me oh you need to get the tetanus shot okay give it to me oh you need to get the what did they tell me they, I had to get the flu shot and then I had to get the pneumonia shot I said sure but when it came time for everyone to get the vaccination people lost their fucking minds I'm not politicizing this but you know that is a reality especially when you go to school or, or for someone I, I used to work with kids when you work with kids you have to get vaccinated this is before COVID you had to go get a, a physical and you had to get your shots it's just a, it's a part of life and even when a child enters school school age you have to get your shots I remember going to get my shots before I went to kindergarten that's what you did so this is nothing different and for people to politicize it and say well Jesus told me not, I told me not to get vaccinated no he didn't tell you that he wouldn't tell you something like that okay you're, you're just trying again to politicize it and, and at the same time I understand people are scared people don't know what's gonna happen the after effects of things but you know and I'll, and I'll say this because it was a year ago this month that I got both of them I got the two jabs and then in, on November 22nd 2021 I picked that date because you know that's the that's a, a historical day 1963 um, I got the booster and people told me I was stupid for getting it. And I was like, okay, well, I have to work and I have to stay healthy. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to conspiracy theory at all? And QAnon? Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Um, so yeah. But at the same time, I, I can understand the uncertainty. But you get it done and they do they they do a timer and they wait to make sure that you're fine nothing you know you don't experience any side effects and i and i know people who have had side effects and i understand that but telling others not to get it that's really just dangerous um we could talk about that and others who say very dangerous things and um but i i don't i don't give that airtime on this film podcast what I do have time for on this and this was around the time in 2020 I think it was the fall of 2020 that I rebranded the show the Dr. Zeus film podcast but for four years I've been a podcaster I've met some very interesting individuals along the way some of them are really good friends and it, that, that really that's a bonus that's a major bonus. And then, you know, I've had really great guests on this show. You know, I always wanted to start a film or a podcast because I used to listen. I used to, I still admire him, but Mark, Mark Marin, Mark Marin was one of the first Mark Marin. I mean, the WTF show, what the fuck? So I urge all of you to go back and listen to Mark Marin very informative show he's not talking about DMT and he's not bashing people on his show and that's the other thing when I do this this podcast I always make it a point that this is a safe space you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after you and I'm not going to you know belittle you on this film podcast because I know the audience you know if you have a film audience if you have a music audience you have to respect your audience. Now, I did. I don't want to play him on the show because here's the other thing: there are people who are very problematic. Today, film actor and Academy Award winner William Hurt died. Before we celebrate him, he's very problematic. According to his ex-girlfriend, uh, Marley Matlin, he was abusive. He was abusive. Yes, you can separate the art from the artist. 
but the, I believe her that he he did those things to her. He was sexually abusive to her and physically abusive to her. He said some mean shit to her. When she won the Oscar, she was the first death actress to win a Best Actress Oscar for Children of a Lesser God. He said some not very nice things to her. Did she really thought she deserved it in the limo? Really? And that's and that's uh, verbal abuse and that's mental abuse. So, I'm not going to you. You eulogize him on this film podcast. I'm sure he did. I've never seen Kiss of the Spider Woman. I will say that he even felt that Ra- Raul Julia should have been nominated alongside him for the Kiss of the Spider Woman. And he's in the Big Chill. Big Chill is such a great film. A lot of great energy in that. Um. Yeah. But most importantly during this time we went to the movies we went to the movies we watched them we streamed them you were able to stream films in the privacy of your home and that still stands today okay and I think we're going to end with the film that I just fell in love with all over again during the pandemic. And I watched it one rainy weekend evening and unpleasant dreams. We're going to just end tonight with this. Now, before we go tonight, I do have to give that a copyright because I don't want Simple Minds to come after me. That is an iconic song from an iconic movie. If you've never seen The Breakfast Club, that was the other thing is during that pandemic, we got to watch films and revisit songs that we hadn't in a long time. People were making 
videos, TikTok came into the foray. People were lip syncing. People were making some really silly things to bypass time. Because I think a lot of people were getting cabin fever. I don't know if a lot of people were watching The Shining because that's really about cabin fever. But, um, The Breakfast Club, The Breakfast Club, uh, Don't You Forget About Me, written by Simple Minds, released in 1985. Copyright. Went to number one. It is an iconic song from John Hughes's film, The Breakfast Club. Whenever that's why as it started to play, I thought, okay, I need to There we go. Get the copyright. Where is the copyright? Licensing. Ah, here we go. Did you have to give it a licensing? Um Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, copyright, um, Virgin Records America Incorporated. Yep. 2010, but we know that, that song came out in 1985. And um, if, they, if they want me to remove it, I'll remove it. But that speech at the end of The Breakfast Club is very essential. And so, as always, Unpleasant Dreams, March 13th, 2020, a day that will forever live. Good night.